Here we go. You are listening to Open Mic Friday on Law and Gospel. I'm Pastor Tom Baker on this July the 2nd in the year of our Lord, 2021. A lot of the emails I get compliment Law and Gospel because of what I have to say. And I I need to make it very clear that the reason I feel I am a good teacher is because I borrow a lot of teachings from others who have done some good work. Occasionally, I'll even tell an email writer to contact one of the individuals that I think is very good in one area or another. Uh, So far with this email. Uh, Dr. Baker, I sent you an email about Josephus. Now, let me just say Josephus was a historian uh, near the time of Jesus talking about the Jewish war and other items. So he's not part of the Bible, but he's looked to. At any rate, he sent me an email about Josephus, and you recommended that I contact Dr. Paul Meyer. I did do this, and he answered back. And then he gives me his response. Unfortunately, many scholars prefer Josephus over Luke, but there are other ways to resolve the census problem in Luke 2, verse 2. You can look at the early chapters in my book, In the Fullness of Time. As for Annas and Caiaphas, there's no problem whatever. Since Annas continued pulling all the strings among the priestly aristocracy in Jerusalem long after his high priesthood, he was not only high priest himself, but five of his sons made high priests, and the sixth was his son-in-law, Caiaphas. How do you spell nepotism? All best wishes, Paul L. Meyer. And then the email writer, I wanted to let you know because I appreciate your time in this matter. You have been very helpful. Uh, Thank you for your time. Sorry it took a while to get back to you. And he signs his name. So a lot of times when I'm talking on Law and Gospel, I'm really repeating what what I have heard from scholars who are wiser than I am in areas of the Greek, in the Hebrew especially, in the culture of the day, etc., I also have a publishing company and have about 40 different items you can purchase. I don't speak too much about that, but I have a list of them. And this email, I received the mailing that I can order four copies of Seduction of Extremes for $10 each and shipping is free. A couple of my pastors in my area want to read this book and spend a day discussing it. Thanks. 
and then he signs his name. Seduction of Extremes is a wonderful book written by Peter Kurowski. He was my co-pastor for a time at a congregation I served. And he's just a really good writer. I have a number of his publications that I publish, and Seduction of Extremes is one of them. It's all about the uniqueness of Lutheran theology. By the way, we just sent out twice now, or is it? No, it's three times that people have asked about his other book, whether pets are going to be in heaven. And he does a wonderful job in taking a look at that question and giving biblical answers. All righty. Hi, Pastor Baker. I just want to praise God and tell you about my Sunday school class last Sunday. Now, before I go on, I am teaching the Sunday school lesson put out by Concordia Publishing House each week, normally on Tuesdays, on Issues Etc. That's a separate program from Law and Gospel. And we had done the story of David and Goliath. So this email writer, the story of David and Goliath really got them going. I was explaining to them how David and really all other people we have studied were not people that we would choose to be leaders, that God chooses people for reasons only only he knows about, that they were all wretched sinners like us. Remember, David was the youngest son, and when the prophet went and looked at the other sons to become king after Saul, He thought that there were a couple that were pretty good, but God declined all of them and chose instead David. And he was a tender of sheep. Going back to the email. Then I taught them about how Christ is really the subject in this story and how he delivers us from sin, death, and the devil. Well, We talked about many things, much like what you shared this week and last. These kids didn't want to stop. They were so excited and wanted to talk, talk, talk about the Lord and how they struggle much like David, but how Christ is giving them the victory because he died for all their sins. They even wanted to meet on Monday to continue the study. They had the day off. God's word is so wonderful. These children give me so much hope that they will continue to proclaim the gospel. I started to teach them the distinction between law and gospel and told them I was going to teach them as if they were adults. Sometimes I think they get it better than the adults do. But I believe when they are taught this, that it really changes lives and our church. I can see it. The, the reason I 
refer to my program as Law and Gospel. This is the third radio station that I have been on, and each case it's Law and Gospel. The first time was Law and Gospel with Tom Baker. And on KFUO, they are very good in allowing me to have a program in order to share with many people each week the examples of how law and gospel are distinguished. And I really agree with the email writer. Until someone comes to an understanding of what law and gospel is, they often will read passages in a way that confuse God's law with his gospel. And I see this on church signs as we travel, oh, almost 800 miles a month now, going to various churches. We pass by churches with signs. And the one that really bugged me was a sign. It was a Methodist church. The woman was a pastor, uh, so I can understand why she doesn't get it. And she said, this was on the sign, forgive one another. Now, I'm just simply ask you this question. Is that law or is that gospel? One of the distinctions between law and gospel is the law is always a demand. The gospel is always a promise. Well, guess what? Forgive one another is a demand. And I can only imagine people driving by her church that, what do they think? Oh boy, I don't want to go to that church because all I'm going to hear from her is what a sinner I am and I better start forgiving. And I'm unable to do that. You see, that's a Lutheran point of view, by the way, that you are unable to fulfill God's commandments. That's what the gospel is all about, telling you the good news that you don't have to fulfill God's commandments to get to heaven because read the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus has fulfilled the law perfectly for you and he transfers that fulfillment, which is his righteousness, to you. Now, how do you get it? You get it not by your obedience, but you get it through faith in the promises of Jesus Christ. Next email. Pastor Tom, I would like you to let you know how much I appreciate your show. You have helped me grow in my spiritual life quite a bit. My father was a pastor in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. He died, and it took me several years to get over my blaming God for the way things turned out. See, that's a kind of an obvious feeling on the part of people who lose loved ones, maybe at unexpected times or when they were not ready. They look to God and say, what did we do to deserve this? And they therefore blame God for the way things turn out. Then 
it seemed as though the clouds lifted. And ever since then, it seems as if I cannot get enough of church, reading theology, and listening to KFUO. It's like someone starving for food, but craving the word. The Bible has not left my side in over five years. I have been involved in my church and in creation ministry. But the main point of this letter is to let you know that through you, God has really moved me from the milk to the meat of his word. I have begun studying Greek and Hebrew and reading every dogmatics and theology text from CPH. That's Concordia Publishing House. I just want to let you know how valuable your show is. Thank you again. Now, you may wonder, what are they talking about creation ministry? Well, I I believe, and that's what I teach on my program, that one of the worst false teachings of all time is the teaching of evolution. Because there's no necessity for God. There are some Christians who still want to say that God created the world, but he did it through evolution. The promise, the problem with that is it contradicts so many other passages in the Bible. And so there's some very, very good programs and books to get to show how ridiculous the idea of evolution is. Next email. Just now I was listening to KFUO. I heard you express displeasure with people who display Santa Claus kneeling to Jesus. I think you are missing the point. When I first saw that, it brought me to tears. What a great, great witness to this sick, unbelieving world. To me, I saw that even the great Santa, who rules Christmas, subjects himself to our Lord. For children to see this, I believe it tells it all, what Christmas is really all about. Anyway, that has been a witness to a lot of people, including me and my family. And then, in his peace and signs it. Yeah, there are times that I say things that people disagree with. I still have a problem with Santa Claus because it gives the impression that possibly since Santa Claus is made up, then does that not agree with many other pastors who say that the virgin birth of Mary was simply made up. It never occurred. Recently, I told you of a pastor, not Lutheran, who suggested that Mary got pregnant because she was attacked by a Roman soldier. And that's why Jesus was looked down upon, because he didn't look Jewish. It wasn't just his message, but even his looks. Boy. All righty. 
if you want to email me, what you simply do is email at lawandgospel at lawandgospel101.com. In a couple of months, I'll be giving a new email address because we're going to be doing some more work in how we communicate to you. But um, that's how you would get to me. All right. Sometimes I say things on the radio and people would like a copy. While traveling through Missouri to my home in Kentucky last week, I stumbled across your radio program. I enjoyed it very much. You read an essay written by a 17-year-old student that I would like to hear again. This time, without the interruption of my radio's GPS recalculating as I navigated through St. Louis Road construction. And that's somebody who just picked up KFUO by listening to it. I have a number of truck drivers that listen to KFUO, but sometimes they're busy with driving. I know one of them, he comes home each weekend and then he makes copies from the archives of the programs and then listens to them during his ride the following week. And you all know about that truck driver who after hearing the study I did on the Lord's Supper where Martin Luther talks about this is my body, that he wrote that on the side of his truck in the Latin and truck drivers keep asking him, what is that? And then he tells them. So there are many ways to do evangelism. No doubt about it. All right. Going on then with uh, another email that we received. Hi, Pastor Tom. Jerry and I really enjoyed working with you at St. Louis Mills. Now, that was a place where I had a table set up uh, selling my books. I had talked to you about the info on the word up, and you said you could email it to me. Here is my email address. Keep up the good work you do. Blessings and then signed. Now, the word up we were talking about is when Jesus ascended into heaven, he went up. But that doesn't mean that heaven is just above the clouds. Remember that Russian cosmonaut who, when he went above the clouds, he says, boy, you are going to discover there's no heaven up here. Going up simply means he went into where the Father was, and that's in an invisible place. He's at the right hand of the Father. 
So when we pray, we often look up because that's what that means. It has nothing to do with the geography of where heaven is. Because when you pray, you are speaking through Christ to the Father himself. All right, Pastor Baker. My wife listens to your show religiously, and I wish I could. You have expounded on the scripture faithfully and have been a great source in the continuing growth of her understanding of law and gospel, which the Holy Spirit has used mightily to increase her faith. During today's show, a caller asked why you use the adoption analog to describe our relationship to God. We have adopted two older children internationally. Through this adoption, God has shown us just how true this analog is. Just as our children were languishing in an orphanage prior to their adoption, we languish spiritually as well as physically and emotionally until our relationship to God was formally restored on the cross through Jesus and brought into our lives through the Holy Spirit. Besides our adopted children, we have two biological children as well. All four of our children are equally loved and cared for unconditionally, just as God loves and cares for us unconditionally. Our adopted children are not second-class members of our family, but fully enjoy all the benefits of being our children. We sought out these two children to adopt them. They did not seek us out. We sought them out before they even knew we existed. The adoption analog touches on so many aspects parallel to our relationship with God. We thank God for your openness to the leading of the Holy Spirit and your continuing to share your insights regarding the law and the gospel. May God continue to do his good work through you. Blessings. And they sign their names. Now, I love that metaphor of adoption simply because, as they point out, it covers a number of important comparisons to our being adopted. Now, they, they talk about having two biological children and two adopted. Does God have a biological children? Well, I thought about that, and I guess he does. His name is Jesus Christ. That Jesus Christ is indeed from the Father. But we are adopted children. We were kind of alone in an orphanage that was owned by Satan. And we really believed that we could be saved by coming to faith. We are not second-class members 
of the family. But because the image of Christ is in us due to our baptism and through faith in his promises, we realize that God loves us unconditionally. That, that's the difference between law and gospel. You can tell you're hearing the law when a condition is attached to it. Like in the Sermon on the Mount, do these things and you will be saved. Well, nobody can do those things. So the gospel is that Jesus fulfilled these things on your behalf. And that's why you are saved. Jesus, through him, adopted you into his family. And therefore, as an adopted child, you are loved by God the Father in the same way that he loves his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. It's an example of an email where people can find things that I may not have mentioned. But once you get into law and gospel, things really mature. Now, a couple of days ago, I told you on the next program, we wouldn't be live. And I was really talking about Monday's program due to the July 4th holiday. That'll be a repeat program. But we will be examining lessons for the following Sunday. So we'll be back live on Tuesday with Mark Smith with a hymn for the following Sunday. But listen to the repeat program on Monday. I'm Tom Baker. God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.